DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Eric Pincus, NBA writer and capologist for Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, and NBA TV. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Eric, good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. So I think uh, with your background and your knowledge of the cap and the cap rules and you being a capologist, that you look at free agency a little different. Everybody else is looking at talent, and you're looking at, yeah, you got the player there, but as you try to build a team, now you don't have enough money for the other roles in the team you need filled. So with that in mind, all the deals that have been announced here, I'm wondering which ones you look at and think, excellent value there, or you think, oh yeah, that player's good, but you have really jammed yourself up as you try to complete this roster. Wow. Um, well, first of all, i got to say, there's so many deals, I'm still trying to make sense of it. It, it comes in so fast and furious. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the first deal that jumped out that seemed rich was uh, Jarrett Allen to the Cavs. Uh, he's a really nice young player, and I like Jared Allen, but uh, it's like a five-year deal or something like that, really long, really heavy, uh, in the $20 million range and uh, per season. And, and uh, that's great, and I, I, I'm happy that the Cavs got, got a deal done, but it just seemed a little rich. You've got Kevin Love you're paying a lot of money to. You've still got uh, Larry Nance, and then you drafted Evan Mobley, and that's just a concern where you start to talk about basketball where – uh, we don't, re- at least I don't, know 100% yet if Mobley is a center or a power forward. And maybe you can go with that dual big situation, which some teams do to success. And uh, some teams in this league, a lot of them believe that you go uh, with one big. And it's just a heavy commitment for a guy that maybe fits with your star draft pick that you just got at number three. Probably does, but I don't know for sure he does. So that's one. I mean, there's a lot of deals that have come in. We could go through uh, a lot of them, but that's the first one that jumped out that I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. So I'm wondering if you think the Lakers are done with their free agent acquisitions, or do you think they're still debating between Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel? Uh, well, you know, the joke is, is that they're bringing back former Lakers, right? Yeah. Old time guys, too. Eric, that was well done. You haven't been on this show enough to know how to play that perfectly, but you just he's been did. in studio Bravo. with us. Yeah, I know, but you got to listen over and over, and he's got stuff to do. He doesn't know. You usually are serious with guests. No, that was I awesome, mean, I've Eric. been around a while, so I'm like, you know, what about, uh, you know, uh, Pig Miller. I mean, I, I mean that. That's like what. Olden Campbell. What I yeah, I mean, but it, like I, I like I like the gets that the Lakers have gotten in the sense that they're all really solid. Uh, I, I, Wayne Ellington and, and Ken Bazemore are really really solid guys. I know them from the time with the Lakers. Uh, Dwight Howard is a little more of a challenge with a personality. He's got a bigger personality, but I like Dwight. I mean, he. He's he's a lot of fun, but you know he's also exhausting. <laughs> you know, like he's got a he's an acquired taste, and but uh, he, he's one of the best rebounders in the entire league uh, in short minutes. I don't think he can play like thirty minutes a game, but in short minutes, 
his rebounding numbers are are basically on par with Clint Capella, who's uh, one of the best. So uh, th- those those are not uh, guys who are going to overtake anything. You know, they're 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 helpful guys to help the Lakers. Uh, Wayne Ellington can shoot. Ken Bazemore, uh, who's the other one? Trevor Reza is a little bit older, uh, but you know what. The Russell Westbrook thing is obviously the big news, so I think that's a really bold move, and it's either really going to work really, really well, or it's not. And I could see it working, and I could see it not working. Eric Pickett's joining us, uh, NBA TV Bleacher Report basketball insiders, NBA writer, and uh, capologist. So I'm curious, uh, some of the longer deals for older players, Mike Conley in Utah uh, would come to mind. Chris Paul in Phoenix would come to mind. There are probably others. Did anybody give an older guy just way too many years? Or is that one way to overpay and just the cost of doing business and you hope you win in the short run and you just suck it up and deal with it in the long run? Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about um, you know, some of the older players, like if you go back further, deals used to be five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty common. And, and so you got Mike Conley for three years. I, I mean, so, I mean, so what, like you have, if you're the jazz, you're one of the best teams in the West. You have an opportunity potentially to go to the finals, potentially to win it all. And if you let Mike Conley go, you can't replace him with anybody, but maybe, Maybe like they would have the room for a $10 million player, roughly, because uh, the tax wouldn't have been as much of an issue. Uh, so is there a $10 million point guard out there? And like there are a couple of guys who haven't landed yet, like Dennis Schroeder hasn't landed yet. He wants $20 million. Could somehow he land in Utah for, for 10 in a parallel universe? And is he the right guy? Or do you want Mike Conley, who's been here, uh, is a great leader, is, is a very low-maintenance guy, and is really, really talented. And I like Dennis in a lot of ways, but Mike is a better fit. So, yeah, if you have to pay three years, then then so what? I mean, what's the window for the Jazz? Uh, is it going to be over in two? I, I don't think so. And so I think Conley's good for two. Uh, is he going to be great for that third year? It's not that far off. Maybe so. Uh, you know, the, the issue is, is he has been hurt the last few years. He was hurt. Uh, at a key time in the playoffs, but then so was Anthony Davis, and so was it, like I mean everybody, like Kyrie Irving, like, everybody was hurt because of you know in, in theory because of the short turnaround. So, uh, and in the last year of a contract, it's not difficult to trade somebody; it's a lot easier. So, I look at it as a great deal. I mean, if if he had gotten a five-year deal, which was possible, we would have a different discussion. But then there are some issues about over 38 rules and things like that. I'd have to check the math on that. But generally speaking, happy for the Jazz. Uh, getting that deal done, it was the right move. So same type of principle with Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, Chris, uh, someone had mentioned to me, and I, I, the, these are all theoretical contracts. They're agreements. I haven't seen the, anything yet. Nothing's been signed. Uh, they can't sign until the, the 6th after the moratorium. That some of Chris's might not be guaranteed. That's like two and a half years is guaranteed. I don't know for sure, uh, but he got like a four-year deal, which was longer than I thought. And I'll say this is interesting. There's this over 38 rule that basically prevents teams from giving players uh, four-year deals or five-year deals when they're going to f- be 38 when it finishes or over 38. But there is like a, an exception to the rule, and Chris Paul fits into the exception perfectly. And also Chris Paul wrote the rule <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. So you know he's he's the uh, 
the head of the players union. So uh, he, I, that rule used to be the over 36 rule. And as Chris Paul has gotten older, but I think Chris has done some great things for the game and, and he's kept the NBA rolling through uh, the pandemic. And, and, you know, I know there was the shutdown, but they got basketball back to finish last year. They got it to work this year. They've gotten through a couple of CBAs uh, without lockouts. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what Chris Paul has done. And if he's able to get a little bit extra out of it, uh, you know, good for him. So it looks like two teams that have really been active have been uh, Miami and Chicago. But have they been active enough that they're going to draw any attraction in the West or any attention in the West? I mean, the the Bulls are they're playing an interesting game because they're arguably their best player is Zach Levine, uh, an All Star, and he's headed into the last year of his contract. And they had the ability, if they wanted, to use the cap room to renegotiate and extend his deal, which is very rare, but it's something they could have done. And it would have cost them about $14 million. And they might have been able to get it done for less. Let's say 10 to $14 million. Instead, it looks like they're staying over. They got some nice pieces. Lonzo Ball is a nice player. Uh, still obviously has to prove certain, you know, that he can win. Uh, but I'm a UCLA guy, so fine. Uh, happy with Lonzo. Uh, Alex Crusoe, I know really well from the Lakers. Both are really good fits with Zach because they don't care about scoring. They care about playing defense, moving the ball. Uh, Lonzo can help your offense. Alex isn't as much of an offensive player, um, but it, it, it's the right idea. But they didn't give Zach this renegotiation. And Zach actually was drafted by the Wolves, traded to the Bulls, he then signed an offer sheet to go play for the Kings, and they matched. So he never actually chose to play in Chicago. I think he's very happy there. But if the team doesn't have success, he can just leave, and he's going to be one of the top free agents this next summer. So, it, like I said, it's an interesting game. Uh, as far as the Heat, I mean, they're, they they believe that if they were healthy, they would have beat the Bucks, and that uh, if – the season wasn't rushed. They would have beat the Bucks, and now they added Kyle Lowry, and they stole PJ Tucker from the Bucks. So I think in their mind they're going to beat the Bucks, and it doesn't matter what reality is. It's from their point of view. Uh, and if they could beat the Bucks, they could probably beat everybody else and get to the finals and have a shot to to maybe get the Lakers again and beat the Lakers. So uh, obviously you'd like to say the Jazz or, or anybody else, but uh, well, you'd probably just like to say the Jazz, of course, if you're in Utah, but. Uh, I, I think the Heat are a real threat. I think the Bulls are a threat to make the playoffs. I don't think they're a threat for the West. Uh, but I do think that Miami is going to be uh, one of the top three teams in the East and arguably the top team in the East. I'm, I'm not ready to go there with the Nets uh, and the Bucks, but I think from the Heat's point of view, they're, they're capable of, of going all the way. I'm intrigued about Reggie Jackson because obviously he played a significant role in beating the Jazz in the postseason, and it seems like he's a money player for whatever that's worth. And I'm wondering what kind of money do you think he's going to get now? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, you, you bring me on as as a capologist, and you you want to understand the complications of the 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 rules. It, he's been with the the Clippers for two years. And so they don't have his full rights. They have what's called early bird. And when you have early bird, you can give the player a raise of up to 175%, but he made the minimum. So that's not enough. 
or the average salary, which is roughly ten and a half million, a little bit less than ten and a half. Uh, but it, it, he earned in his playoff performance probably enough to get at least eighteen, maybe more. Uh, but there aren't any teams who are ready to pay that at this point because uh, there aren't a lot of teams with money. There aren't a lot of point guards. And the problem is, is that if the Clippers pay him ten and a half, they, he has to take a two-year deal without any options, uh, just based on that rule, the early bird rule. And so he would have to take less money in theory from his point of view, not just for one year, but for two and that's the challenge. And if they don't use that exception, that early bird exception, the most they can pay him is minimal stuff. I mean, very low money, not enough to, to justify it. But he could do one year. So does he sacrifice for one year to take a really big deal the next year? And is there some sort of promise that they can make that's illegal? Can't really make that promise that they'll pay him because there's a risk that he doesn't have as good a year. So these are the kind of questions his agent has to, to decipher. And at the same time, shop around and try to get a better deal somewhere else that might not come. So I know Reggie wants to go back to the Clippers. The issue is, can he for the kind of money that he needs? So the Warriors are paying Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, and Draymond Green pretty close to $140 million. Oh, oh my gosh. Is there anything that they can use to bring in guys? Or are they just... Are they basically going to bring guys in on the minimum, and that is it? Well, so the the teams that have high payrolls include like the Nets, uh, the Lakers. After those, after getting Westbrook, are pretty well in the same boat, uh, and I think the Jazz are are pretty much there as well. Uh, their money's going to Rudy Gay. Uh, looks like that's what's called the room except not the room exception, the the lower mid level exception, where uh, you have about six million dollars to spend, and so. In the case of the Warriors, they went shopping and uh, with $6 million and then a bunch of minimums. But because of their tax situation, which is worse than, by the way, worse than the Jazz. The Jazz will pay some tax. The Lakers will pay some tax. But the Warriors have been in the tax for uh, multiple years, so they're actually going to pay a repeater tax, which is more uh, – it, they're going to pay a ton. Let's just – without getting into the numbers, it's going to be super expensive. So they're offering minimums. They got Otto Porter, which uh, Otto Porter Jr. was a guy that I think some teams would have used that tax pyramid level, that $6 million on. Uh, But he's coming for the minimum, probably because he's been hurt, he's been on some bad teams, and he has a chance to really showcase himself. And so after a year, if he blows up and and is a really valuable piece, he's going to get a chance to play somewhere else, probably not with Golden State. So the issue there is if they're offering minimums, they're probably getting rentals uh, for one year, uh, or they could pay six million dollars. But like six million dollars might be, I don't know, forty, thirty, forty-six million dollars, thirty. I don't. Know, I'd have to run the total math, but let's just call it thirty-five million. If they're paying Auto Porter six million, maybe it costs them thirty-six million. And Otto is really, really a nice player for them, but he's not a $36 million player for them. So getting him for the minimum, let alone, is still going to be expensive, but uh, not, you know, maybe $6 million, which is, you know, stomachable. So uh, <laughs> it's a tough, tough situation um, because they've had injuries and it's unclear how much they're paying that kind of money uh, for a championship. Uh, you know, Jazz are doing it, they're going to pay some tax, but they think they have a shot. And they probably do. Uh, 
the the Warriors last year were paying that kind of money and they didn't have a shot. And this year it's all up in the air. I hope Clay Thompson returns. You know, like I said, I'm I'm I, I want to see success. I want to see the best players in the league play at the highest level, and whoever wins wins. I want to see great competition. So I'm pulling for the uh, I'm pulling for Conley to do three years at a high level. I'm pulling for Clay Thompson to come back healthy. You know, I want Otto Porter to show what he could do. I want, you know, go team by team. I want to see these things work and I want to see it on the biggest stage and I want to see them play at the, at the, at the highest level. Well, I saw Clay Thompson riding his bike on the Strand in Manhattan last week and he looked really good pedaling. Oh, well, then that's pedaled. <laughs> there, there it is. All right, Eric, we appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks for hopping on with us. All right, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Eric Pincus, NBA capologist and writer for Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, and NBA TV. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us.